hey, hey, hey. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad to see y'all, and thank you for tuning in tonight to the MJB Music with JB podcast. I'm Mario J. Brown, singer, songwriter, and CEO of MJB Music. And I am James Buford, a.k.a. Pastor James, a.k.a. Musician James. Although there's a good talk behind me, I don't play a lick, a.k.a. I'm a, uh, the CMO. Inspire. Inspiring musician. Yeah, inspiring guitar player, that is. Uh, CMO of uh, MJB Music. Glad to be here on another episode. Yeah, listen, we won't waste your time tonight. It's going to be awesome. We started this podcast to bring you everything music, education, and culture. We understand that it's more than a song, you know, so some people, we can we can make a song. That might be the easy part, but there's so many things that happen surrounding the song and artists becoming successful. So, JB, tell them what they can expect when they tune into our podcast. Well, when you tune in, you will get valuable information from various entertainment industry professionals such as producers, songwriters, makeup artists, entertainment lawyers, photographers, musicians, and many, many more. Yes, yes, yes. So I've been blessed, man, to um, just grow some relationships throughout the years with some industry professionals that have been doing this for quite some time, man, and have been successful. We've had guests on here that have worked with the likes of Chris Brown, Usher, Whitney, Mary J, Fred Hammond, just on both sides, gospel and secular. And tonight is no different, man. We have a special guest tonight, and we'll talk about him in a minute. Um, so we value your time and your attention. Today's topic of discussion is what's really going on in Radio Land. What's really going on? Right. So let me just read this quick bio. Reggie, smooth as butter brown, was raised in Milwaukee, Milltown. He was inspired to work in radio from the on-air personalities that made appearances at his high school. As an adult, Reggie loves making the same those same school appearances that supports educational causes. He graduated from St. John's University with a degree in communication and film. How many of y'all knew that? Reggie Brown has used his influencer platform to endorse big retail businesses such as Metro PCS, Cricket Wireless, McDonald's, and more. But JB, before we talk to my man Reg, let's just uh, let me know what's going on in our culture. What's the news flash moment of the day? Well, I so I don't know if it's a news flash as much as it is some more gossip. Well, not really gossip. Oh, I know. Here we go. So Will <laughs> Smith. Uh, answered back with his clapback record. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you heard it, but um, f- for a clapback record, I mean, okay, if you're into rap, like I know I used to be heavily into rap and I still love rap uh, to this day. I'm, st- But, uh, you know, when you when you listen to a clapback record, you expect somebody to clap back. Will took the high road and uh, I don't know. It- it's to be determined what you think about it. <laughs> I don't know that I've heard it. I heard about it and I heard that it was anticipating, you know, that it would come. But um, if we know Will Smith, he's a lyricist. So I'm sure he was very strategic in what he had to say. And very strategic. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to check it out, man. But yeah, that's that's a story that's probably going to continue for a little while. It's hot right now. It's hot. Right. <laughs> it's, hitting the, it's hitting the circuit hard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But yeah, without further ado, man, we don't want to waste you all's time. We want to welcome our guest, the one and only Reggie Smooth as Butter Brown. Let's welcome my brother. Thank you for joining us, Reggie. What's good? There he is. 
There's that applause. I was looking. <laughs> first, first of all, I need to be playing tambourine on that intro, man. I play tambourine. You play that too? Uh, oh, yeah. man. We didn't know. We're going to have to give you a spot the next song, man. We yes, got to make some room for you, bro. It's all good, man. <laughs> let me let y'all know, this is a great thing you guys are doing for the community and everybody, man, watching. This is real, real good for the, for the culture as well, so. Keep yes, doing sir. what you're doing, brothers. Yes, sir. Appreciate Thanks. it. Appreciate Thanks, it. Well, yeah, man, we're going to get right into it, man. Um, I want to start off with a few questions just to kind of just dig a little bit and um, just, of course, speak from your heart, man. The people want to know you a little man. bit better. And, um, you know, so you some of our listeners are not familiar with you. So I want you to kind of just, real, uh, first of all, just talk about how did you get to where you are? Just talk about, you know, from, from square, from stage one to right now. So what were some of the steps that you took to get to where you are? Wow. In a nutshell, I lived on the east side of Milwaukee way back in the day. And uh, I used to listen to a guy named Dr. Bop on the radio, W.A.W.A. That's when A.M. used to be hot. And uh, I used to he was rapping before rap existed. And I used to want to be like him. He would say stuff like, I'm a chick chaser and I'm money wasted. From Whitefish <laughs> Bay to Cudahy. You know, he would, he wasn't even from Milwaukee, but he just killed it. And um, man, his name was Dr. Bob Legendary. I just wanted to be like him, man. So um, uh, back in the day, Milwaukee Public Schools, they had specialty schools. All the high schools were specialty. So I went to Riverside. That was my home school. But Marshall was a school for broadcasting. So in my junior, senior year, if you maintain a B average, you can go to two schools at once. So I went to Marshall in the morning, Riverside in the afternoon. Marshall is where I learned film and, uh, and radio, first semester radio, second semester film. And from then on, went to St. John University, got back. Uh, from New York. And I was just mad because Milwaukee was so slow after being in New York. You know, I was like, dang. So I took a, a job offer to go to Chicago. Uh, I was in Chicago, came back here two years and went back to Chicago for another four, went to St. Louis for nine months. And I've been back in Milwaukee on V100 <laughs> since November 2nd, 1998. And here I am right now. Wow. wow, 98. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's some history right there. I'm sure it's a lot of stories you can tell us. You Woo. didn't seen it all. <laughs> man, seen it all as a, I need to write a book. <laughs> I'm sure, man. But I'm sure you get this all the time. Reggie, I got this hot new record. I need you to play. Uh, what's your what's your typical response and, 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 and why? What's your typical you know, response to that question? You know what? We back with a show uh, on Saturday nights called Heat from the Street. It's where we play local artists. We'll play uh, when we had Promise on. He was playing five, but me and Bree, I'm helping her out with her show. We just played two new artists. You know, back in the day, uh, and I'm talking back maybe six, seven years ago, a programmer or a music director would hear a song and say, "Hey, that's a hit. I'm gonna put that on the radio." But these days. If you can read a computer, if you can read, research, you can program a station, period. Mm -hmm. Every song on V100 and every other station around the U.S. is researched. We have a company. We had a, uh, uh, have a company called MediaBase. I, I work for iHeartMedia. Okay. iHeart like this company so much and depend on it that they bought the company. Wow. So yeah. with, with MediaBase, I could go to any song that you hear on the radio. I can tell you 
how many times it played on our station, how many times it played on other stations, how many spins it got during a week, who really liked this song, black people, white people, the age groups, media-based researches and breaks down every single song. I can tell you where it's moving at on the chart, going up or down, and that's what we rely on. That's what uh, iHeartRadio PDs rely on. I hope I ain't spilling my secret to other oh. stations, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So when it comes time to add a song or, or two or three uh, every other week, we look at research. It's all about research. Normally in the top 30, uh, those are songs that are added on the station, but the top 20 are guaranteed. They got to be on your station. So that's the way radio is these days. It's a different ball game. It never was like that before, but now with researching computers, it's like that right now. So anybody can program a station. All you got to do is read research. That's it, period. If um, like songs like uh, I heard Tish on last night uh, on the last podcast and she was amazing. Um, she broke it down. Um Media base can tell you how many times a song has been streamed, how many downloads it got, who's listening to this song, what age group is listening. And we want to play those songs that are in the top 20, 30, but the top five songs are our power songs. Mm. And you might hear high fashion, uh, balling, um, the box, all of those songs, their power song, future Drake life is good. Those are the songs that are on the top of that media-based list. Those are the songs you might hear every hour and a half, well, hour 20 minutes to every hour 40 minutes. So those are the power songs. That's the way the game is played these days, bro. Wow, wow. What's the demographic of V100 now? And has it changed over time? Um, like, what, what, what's the age group, age frame of, um, like, your, your average listeners? Every hip-hop and R&B station around the country, including V100. Back in the day, our target demographic was women 18 to 34. But now, since the game has changed so much, it's persons 18 to 34. So if McDonald's, Burger King, Chevy, Toyota came to V100 and said, hey, we wanna spend $100,000 a month. Let me see your ratings, persons 18 to 34. If we're not in the top five, they are not spending a dime. So everything is all about money these days. Wow. Spending nothing. So they're moving on to the next. Uh, a station like uh, an older adult station, I don't want to say any station's name, but they play, you know, Anita Baker, you know, Brandy, like that. Their target demographic is persons 35 to 54. That's their demographic. That's their meat and potatoes. That's why I get I get bonus persons 18 to 34. If I'm number one, persons 18 to 34, I get my bonus. If I'm number two, lower bonus. Number three, lower bonus. But persons 18 to 34, that's how we live. That's how we eat. So every song has to be researched and every song has to cater to those that are listening in that demographic. Wow. Yeah, I was wondering, man, because, you know, a lot of times you hear the same songs in rotation and, um, you know, not everybody understands why that is. And you kind of just just spoke to a little bit about it as far as it really kind of breaking, boiling down to money. And right, um, the average 
the average listening time to a radio station, even though, even though we want people to listen long, 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 but in Milwaukee, the average listening time is 23 minutes. The majority of the people that are listening are in their cars. So 23 minutes, it takes you 23 minutes to get from Bayshore to Brookfield, 23 minutes, you know, Northridge to Grand Avenue. It takes you 23 minutes. And when you get in that car, you want to hear your favorite song. So yeah. those, those power, they, the power, t- if we had competition, those power songs would rotate faster. You might hear them every hour, hour and 10 minutes, you know, but right now we good with what we do. Mm, mm. I wonder how it affects you as a consumer as well. Like you got to be well, um, you know, versed in the music that you listen to because, you know, your season, you know, you, you we're as young as we used to be. Um, so I'm wondering, yeah. how do you, how do you, um, like, do you appreciate the music that's out now or is it more or less you're doing what you need to do because it's what you have to do? Man, this music keep me young and thugging. Man, I'm good, man. uh, The music, I like it. I love it. I love the music myself. I love, my favorite group is Cameo. So I love Cameo. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I love Outkast, the the classics. But this new stuff, there's some artists that I really do like. Some of this stuff sound the same, if you ask me. A lot of it do. But there are some artists with catchy hooks that I really like, you know. You know, so high fashion. Hey, you know, I like to see women. Women make the radio station. And if they're in the club, they're dancing. They're the first ones to dance. So whatever makes them happy. That's what made me get back in the DJ. Whatever makes them happy makes me happy. So what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff, man. We're going to do a little bit deeper, man. So. Everybody has those times where um, we question ourselves or the path that we're on. Um, I want you to just think for a moment and maybe take us through a tough time, a rough patch, when you had to dig deep um, just to kind of find strength to continue on um, on the journey that's got you to where you are. Well, something just happened this year. Um, My boss came to me on January 13th. She said, uh-oh, iHeart's about to make some cutbacks. Yeah. And I was like, really? She said, but it shouldn't affect us. I said, hey, all right. So I just signed this deal with iHeart. And my contract was due to end um, December 31st, 2020. So the very next day, January 14th, I'm brushing my teeth and watching, watching Stephen A. Smith. And um, he does a radio show in New York. And he got on the radio and said, man, iHeart just cut me. They cut 1,200 people around the U.S. They wow. just cut me. They called it Bloody Tuesday. They just cut me. And I was like, dang. And I was brushing my tooth. Then all of a sudden, my phone rang. And it was my boss, Bailey Coleman. She said, Reg, before you go on the air today, come in. And talk to Colleen, our GM. And um, I said, what is this about? She said, Reg, just come in. I said, are they cutting me today? She said she lost it and said, come in. So I came in and I sat down with Colleen and she had something to read. 
And she was like, well, due to cutbacks, I heart is cutting back and we're going to have to cut you. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause I knew they were still going to pay me. And we had a guy named promise who we were training to be my successor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, you know, promise get his job early. I cool. She said, well, we cut him too. And I'm like, oh, wow. what? So every iHeart station had to do some cutbacks. And we were number one. We both were number one. We got our we got our number one bonus and everything. We couldn't understand. So I was off the air for two months. Still getting paid, though. Off the air two months. And I was just thinking about, you know, what am I going to do? This could happen. I have an advisor I never met. She lived in Pittsburgh. She sell million-dollar houses. She told me never depend on radio. And I just kept thinking of her every day. Mm. What am I going to do? Am I going to buy some property? And finally, Bailey Coleman, uh, I'm not going to go deep in her story, but um, she got punked around a few times too. She got an offer to go to New Orleans and she called me and said, hey, Reg, I'm about to leave. If you want your job back, you got to be the program director. So here I am today. I'm on the air, the program director. I never wanted to be a program director. I never wanted to be a boss or anything, but I wanted my job back. So here I am. And that made me think I'm more cautious, cautious now about this job. You never know. It could happen. They could come in tomorrow and say, I know you signed a three-year contract, but we got other plans. Wow. So it's wow. crazy. Wow. Yeah, I got cut plenty of times before. I felt bad for Promise because this was his first time. Uh, when I was in Chicago, a company, GCI, bought the company that I worked for. The GCI, they bought the company that I worked for. So we were out of jobs. So, but I had film as a backup. I did some film work for this guy who partially put me through college. So I was all good. Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I, I know that you've had a chance to, um, you know, been afforded a chance to meet a lot of people in the industry. Um, we didn't even name any of them in your bio. If you could just speak to some of the people you've had a chance to meet. And then also, um, how much of a role do you feel relationships play uh, in you meeting, you know, one person or another? Um, a great, a great role. Um it's amazing. One of the most, one of the most exciting people that I've met before. I don't know if you can see this tattoo, but it's the Prince symbol. I met Prince three times. Oh wow! Uh, he, a brother, uh, his name is Dwayne, who lived here, and Dwayne introduced me to him at the 1999 <laughs> tour uh, backstage. And then I met him again in St. Louis when he he just had lost his baby. He was with my tie and I put my hand out to shake his hand. And he was like, yeah, he just pointed. He didn't touch me. So he was on this germ thing. And then the last time he came to Milwaukee, well, actually, he came a few days early. Day and the time were rehearsing at the Mecca. And uh, Morris called me and said, hey, man, come on down. We can go get something to eat. I'm staying at the Hyatt. Uh, Come on down. So I got down to the Mecca and uh, I saw Morris, you know, rehearse. He was sweating everything. He said, hey, man, I'm about to go back to the hotel room and, uh, you know, get something to eat, some room service. Um, You want to see Prince? And I thought he was going to give me some tickets. I said, yeah. He said, come here. 
And we went in one of the dressing rooms and sitting in a corner by himself. It was a crowded dressing room, but in the, in the dressing room at the Mecca was Prince. And I talked to him for about 15 minutes. And we talked about his music, the internet. He's the one that really started Apple Music. Mm. You know, not Apple Music per se, but, you know, getting your music on the internet. Wow. It was Prince. There's a four-hour documentary. I got, I got in here. It's a four-hour documentary on Prince that talks about that. But he started this thing, you know, with Napster and all of that. So when Napster. But all of a sudden, a chick came in and said, all right, Prince, let's go. He was like, okay, and hit it. And like Jamie Foxx said, I was gay for that. But that <laughs> Prince had glitter on his mustache. He had big, pretty eyes. His eyelashes were done. And he was just talking like hypnotizing me, man. I was like, and with his answers, it was serious. Little short dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all about his brother and everything. That was that was one of the most exciting people that I've met, other than Eddie Murphy. Um, I met Eddie, uh, a lot of people. I messed up. I was supposed to have been in the jam video with Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan. I messed that up because I needed a haircut. I was late to the shoot. They wouldn't let the police wouldn't let me on. So that was crazy, but uh, I met uh, quite a few people, man. Wow. Quite a f- oh, yeah. I got stories to tell, too, man. I need to write a book. <laughs> yeah, you do. Go ahead and write man. that book. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I want to get permission to use these pictures that I got because I got so many pictures with some of these. Like, uh, I came up in Chicago during the Bulls era, so all the Bulls. I got pictures of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. All the Bulls era, you know, I had those guys on the radio. I was in a club with those guys all the time. Uh, I rode to the the third, well, the fourth championship to the uh, the Berto Center to um, the big park uh, in Chicago, Grant Park with Dennis Rodman. I was in the back. Hummer, that made me buy a Hummer. But uh, <laughs> I got, man, I got stories for days. I can tell man. you some stories. That's amazing, bro, because I'm I just wondering, every time I see these pictures, I'm like, Reg was ahead of the game, because oh, yeah. I remember, like, it seemed like camera phones been around forever, and I'm like, how did he get all these photos from even back in the day, because I had an opportunity to be around some some key people, man, and I, I didn't, one thing that I regret, man, is that I, I didn't take pictures with him, you know, so those moments yeah. are just gone, so every time you know I what? see You know what, I got a shout out to my guy, Raymond Boyd. Raymond, if you ever watch Unsung or anything on TV One, um, if you got any old Jet magazines, uh, Raymond was my brother, and he was always there with a camera. He's a photographer. Mm. He still takes pictures to this day, and people call him. He works for Getty now. He sells his pictures to Getty. If you see any old Tupac or Prince or anything on TV, on TV One, look for the credits. You'll see Raymond Boyd. Um, he had me in rap magazines, write on magazines, word up magazines, uh, everything because he worked for those magazines and he always took pictures of me. And uh, I got pictures now that he just sent me in black and white, all from 93 that he took. So, uh, wow. man, he was just there. Somebody told me once, if you don't have a picture of it, it never happened. Yeah. You don't have a video of it, it never happened. So keep that in mind. So I said, all right, cool. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I know I know you said uh some things have changed in the industry um as yeah. far as how things are programmed. 
um, talk to some of the simul- similarities. So like some of the things that stay constant besides the music, uh, what are some of the similarities that stay constant between when you, cause you have a long career in it. So, uh, some of the similarities mm-hmm. that's, 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 that's gotta be the, the gotta be there. You know, when I tell artists all the time, this is a business and the only thing you have control of is making the music. You can go in the studio at midnight and make a song, boom. But you gotta promote it. And it's so easier these days to promote. You gotta promote. You gotta get your music on iTunes. You gotta get it on YouTube. You gotta promote. You gotta push that song hard. If you believe in it, you gotta invest. I interviewed Babyface at LA and he said, and Bayface told me, if you want to make it in the industry, you got have to invest in your career and you got to be where the action is. He told me that he said, and I was interviewing him in Chicago. He knew I was from Milwaukee. He said, if you want to be a cheese head, what state are you moving to? It's not New York. It's not Atlanta. It's not L.A. You're moving to Wisconsin, you know, so you got to be where the action is. You know, um, he lived in, in Atlanta where the action was. He went from L.A. to Atlanta. Now he's back in L.A. But you got to be where the action is. You know, he really got established, established, established in Atlanta. LaFace Music, him in L.A. So uh, but you got to promote your music. You got to get help. You got to go to your friends. You got to tag people, tag DJs. You got to bug the program directors. You know, do what you can. It's guys that make club songs and they expect for the radio to make them famous. No, do not depend on the radio like V100. Do not depend on us to make you hot. Not at all. First of all, Milwaukee is not a chocolate city. Twenty eight percent of our listeners are black. So Milwaukee is not a chocolate city. What I mean by a chocolate city is a city that play that has more than one radio station playing the same thing. In Atlanta, there's eight urban stations. So they can get loose on certain songs. But us in Milwaukee, we only focus on the hits. No, we only focus on the songs that are hot. So you got to remember that. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere because this is the roughest place to do it. And people, my boss, Bailey Coleman at the time, they hated her because she wouldn't play songs and wouldn't do this. But Bailey was playing by the book. And that's why we were always number one. She was fighting to get her bonus. And she did. Every four months, we get a, every three months, we get a bonus. And um, since I've been the program director, I just got mine. I've been playing by the Bailey Coleman handbook. I've been playing by (laughs) Bailey Coleman handbook. But we don't have any competition here. We don't. Now, if we had competition, it'd be some drama. You know, the country station might be number one, you know. But you got to promote your music. You got to be everywhere with that song. Video. I heard Tish talking about that. Video streaming, all of that, you got to promote. It's important. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. You know, it's interesting, man. As someone um, like you who has made their mark and you can find opportunities anywhere in the world, what keeps you grounded here or there in Milwaukee when you can go anywhere you choose? 
my family. I got family here. I got grandkids now, man. That's right. I got grandkids now. So um, uh, my family, uh, my oldest grand, my grandchild is three years old. His name is Nasir. And I want to see him grow. So radio is not what I want to do forever. I got plans for Milwaukee. I want to bring something to Milwaukee that we haven't had here since 84. Um, it's not a restaurant. It's not a club. I just want to do something for Milwaukee and live on from there. I want to retire in that game. I can't tell you what it is yet, but it's going to happen. My advisor told me I need something. I, she told me in December that I needed something other than radio as a stable job. And she was right because I lost my job in January. You know, she said radio wasn't stable and she was right. And I didn't tell her, I don't even know if she know I got laid off, but I'm back in action right now. So uh, I love Milwaukee. This is home. I grew I, I've been on the radio since 81, 81. Wow. Uh, here in Milwaukee, in back and forth. So been on the radio since 81. So um, this is just home for me. You know, I don't want to go nowhere else. They yeah. they offered me other cities to do. It's called voice tracking. And uh, other jocks on our station do it. They can be in 10 cities at one time. Wow. And I don't want to do that. I just want to be here in Milwaukee. I want to be famous here in Milwaukee. I hear you. That's awesome, man. That says so much about you, man, your character and your love for the city. And it's awesome, yeah. man, that, you know, good people like yourself can still be there and make noise and, uh, yeah. you know, give Milwaukee something to look forward to. So y'all continue to show Red some love. The one and only, man, nobody like him. But, um, you know, what's one thing that's, that interests me, uh, I'm sure that there are days when your energy level changes, you know. Um, yeah. You know, we don't always wake up feeling the same way every day. So how do you manage to keep that same energy live on the air that we hear every single day? Like, does Reggie have bad days? <laughs> you know what? And in my contract, it's called personal days. I got vacation. I got a month of vacation days. I got sick days and I got personal days. Sometimes you don't feel like being Reggie Brown. You just upset. You something might have happened. Your car might have got get hit or something. And I just don't want to go in. And uh, sometimes it happens. But me, I hate staying at home. I get bored. My my game of choice is a duty. And when I finish this thing with y'all, I'm about to get on my headphones and light this big TV up right here. And that's all I play. It's Call of Duty. I, I, that clears my mind. I turn my phones off. And I'm playing, I'm online cussing with people and little kids and everything. That's what I do. That's free. That's, that's what I do in my spare time. That's I, my spare time, man. Yeah. And I, I think I was asking too because. together song or something. You know, we got guitars and everything. <laughs> I can play one string, one string. And you just got I an NPC, so right yeah, you're making beats and stuff now. Yeah, man, I could do some beats, even though I ain't turned my drum machine on since June. But, you know, I can make a little something. I keep that on the low, though. I keep it on the low. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I sold one beat in my lifetime. I sold a beat. Oh, man, I want to say in 2006. And the dude I sold it to, I went to the studio with him and everything. And two weeks later, he went to jail. <laughs> he went to jail. He's still in jail now. So it's crazy. Wow. Only beat I so for a thousand dollars, man. I was happy. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I got 
got so scared, I erased that beat out my drum machine. I didn't want to get, did you do this beat, you know, from the feds? <laughs> that was her. I erased it. <laughs> Crazy. That, changed, that beat could have changed your career, man. Yeah, man, but no, nah, he, he can have that. He paid for it. It was his. I lost it. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, real quick, I want to shout out some of the um, viewers that's online right now. Uh, Miss Collins, Calvin Jamison, Demetrius Hawkins, part of the family, Damal Lewis, Jackie Holland, Kevin uh, DeHunty, Cedric Williams, James Stewart. We see y'all out there, man. If y'all have any questions for Reg, make sure y'all go ahead and type it in the chat. Feel free, What's man. Up, that's, what, that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, <clears throat> you know, I know that you were doing some a lot of club promote promotion as well. And so I used to, I'm, I, mean, I would see you running. I would catch you in and out the barbershop, man, here and there. And I used to wonder, like, man, what type of grind must it take to be Reggie Brown? Like, how, how do you take us through a day in the life of Reggie Brown, a busy day of yours, man? Okay, these days since March 16th, it's changed. All of that's changed. But before before June 13th, before I got let go, well, when I got let go too, I was in the clubs three to four nights a week. That's where the action is. That's where the music lives. The culture's there to see what's going on, to hear the music. It's some songs in clubs that are not even on the radio. And that's where the money was for me. I was making three to five a night in the clubs. So that was the move. I hope Uncle Sam ain't listening. But uh, that's where the money was. That's where the money was. That's where the action is. You know, and I want to be where the action is, you know. So I used to get frustrated with DJs that were whack, that were garbage. So I started DJing again. I came out of retirement for the fourth time, you know, (laughs) to start taking their gigs. So, you know, um, to show them how to do it. But um, back then, I would get up. Sometimes I would go swimming because I like to stretch. I don't really work out a lot. But I would go swimming, and that's a good workout for me. I would go get my hair cut, come home, shower, go to work. Do my commercials after work, eat, go to my parents' house, you know, take care of them, then get ready for the club. Get ready for the club. But these days, oh, my God. Oh, man. 8.30 ideation in the morning, on the phone, everything is by, uh, we got teams. It's like Skype. It's like um, uh, it's like Skype, but we 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 call it Teams and um, eight thirty ideation. Well, Reg, what do you think about this coming up and so and so and this? Go home. I mean, go to work. Uh, reports due and all of that. Weekly reports, monthly reports. You know, make sure the imaging is right. Make sure the contesting is right then get on the air, then do my commercials. It's crazy these days, man. But I'm blessed to be in the game. I'm happy. So I'm alive and kicking. I'm on yeah. top of the dirt. The dirt ain't on top of me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow, man. It seems like, um, you know, these positions, especially when you get to the PD position, um, it's not a high turnaround. So is it? how likely is it for someone who may be trying to work their way up to get to that position. Do you have any advice on, you know, with the past that somebody that might be listening and say, hey, I'm starting out as a DJ and I wanted to t- tune in tonight to check out Reggie Brown's story to maybe see if I can get some tips on how I can get to where he is. Yeah. Um, 
something I used to do. I'm a lover of all different types of music genres. I will blow you away with my collection. And what a guy, his name was Larry the Legend back in the day, way back in the day when I was in high school. He said, just pay attention to radio. Pay attention. It doesn't matter the format. Pay attention to it. Listen to what they're doing. Listen to the jocks. And uh, if you can, intern. Internships are hard these days to get, but intern anywhere, wherever there's a mic a radio station. I've worked at country stations. I've worked for the school board station as an intern. And a jazz station, I've done it all. And that helps you. You know, watch the program directors and what they're doing and how they're programming the stations. So um, all of that helped me out. When I when I was in high school coming up, I used to intern for this guy named O.C. White, who was a legend here. And um, I never got paid any money. And folks have it so easy these days. My job back then was to catch the bus on Saturday mornings from the east side of Milwaukee to 128th and Blue Mound. Even though I didn't take the bus to 128th and Blue Mound, I got off at 124th because there was an open pantry there. And this is at seven something in the morning. I had to go to open pantry to make sure that jock had some donuts. So then I would walk the other four blocks, go in the station, put his donuts in the studio, make his coffee, and he would come in 10 minutes before he go on the air. I would set up his music, because back then we played records, mm. you know. So I would set up his music from the log for two, three hours, pull all of his commercials, and then if I'm lucky, I get to wash his car. And he had a big Lincoln Town car, a big Lincoln uh, um, Continental, four-door, long. And my job was to wash his car. Maybe I would get some records to take home. And at the end of that, he he wouldn't he wouldn't take me all the way home. He would he would take me somewhere uh, close to where my house, where I could catch a bus to get back to get home. So rest in peace to OC White. I learned from him as well. You know, uh, like I was telling his son last night. Um, you, you couldn't come through Milwaukee. I don't care who you were, the OJs, Earth, Wind & Fire, BB King. You could not come through Milwaukee without coming through O.C. White. And uh, he was legendary, man. He was a, a great guy. And I learned from him and I learned from a lot of other DJs, too. Jerry Smoke and B, Steve Haywood, who has a station in Atlanta and um, in North Carolina. Um, all He's from Milwaukee. I learned from those guys, man. Those guys taught me well, man. Yeah, taught me best. So here I am today. Pay attention. Find someone to intern with to just follow, you know, and it'll help you. You'd be surprised. Really be surprised. Yes, sir. That's good information. Oh, JP, yeah. you had a question I'm just saying, for him. How, much, how much of it? I, I know you got to love music, but it sounds like you got to love, like, just because, because. You know, some people have their favorites, like right. You know, they they're, they're a jazz head. They're, they're gonna listen to jazz, right? But it sounds like you have to have a, a diverse uh, uh, palette of music to 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 really enjoy music and be and to be comfortable. You talk about working in country and different other other other, other arenas. Uh, so speak to that a little bit. How how does your love of music broaden, or do you have a love a broad love of music? A great broad. You'd be surprised. Well, I was born in Goldsboro, North Carolina. 
tobacco country, uh, farming country. And I grew up on a farm. And um, and every my, my mother and father met at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in North Carolina, and they moved here in 71. And um, every summer, me and my brother would go back to North Carolina to work for our school clothes and stuff, you know, and we made five dollars an hour, which was a lot back then. So um, we would make that money. But on the farm, there was no black stations. So I grew to like the Eagles, um, the Rolling Stones, all of those guys, which I love now. Uh, I grew to listen to that music and like it. So it, even country songs, yeah. Wailing Jennings and all of those guys back in the day. Yeah. So you hear that every day. If you hear it every day, you're going to like it. So um, and I just wanted to play an instrument. I played I played trumpet. I played bass in high school for Riverside. Um, uh, I played piano, too, but I, I played by ear. I could play songs by ear. And um my favorite all-time group is Cameo. You know, I love Earth, Wind and Fire. Musical group, groups that are making music that are real music. You know, real, real music, man. Maurice White was a beast, you know, uh, from Earth, Wind and Fire. So um, I just grow, grew to like that kind of music. Elton John. I love Elton. His real name is Reginald the White. You know, that's his real name. So... Uh, that kind of music, music with feeling, mu- music with emotion. Uh, I just grew up on that kind of stuff, man. You'd be surprised. you wow. really surprised. Yeah. Did, you, did your love for music come from uh, someone in your family? Was it passed down or something you heard as a kid? Or uh, My dad. My, my, I got to say my dad because um, <laughs> um uh, he would buy all the albums back in the day. The Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, all of those. And uh, uh, even the comedy albums he would buy and stuff like that. And when he would leave the house, I'd go down there and listen to him. The Tower of Power, uh, The War, all of that. You know, don't mess with my records, boy. Don't mess with my <laughs> records. But when I became, when I was in high school, I never went to my prom. Never went to my prom, but I DJed almost every school's prom while I was in high school. And I would use my, use my daddy's stereo system from the house, his turntable. I would have two cassette decks, <laughs> his set Louis speakers, his receiver. And I got a I got a living room. I got a living room stereo system at Riverside Gym. Playing, playing I'm serious, man. And I will borrow records from everybody in the neighborhood. No, and that's how I gotta. I would record. I will record songs off the radio from Hot 102 and WAWA and play those during the homecoming. It would sound crazy. You might hear a commercial at the end of one. Hey, all right, everybody, uh, coming up next. It was crazy, man. So wow. I was destined to do this. When I when I went to Marshall in my senior year, they would take me out of school to go do Washington or Custard's um, noon hour dance, you know. So and I got paid too, which was good. So I, wow. I never went to my prom. I DJed our prom. Wow. You know, all the schools too. So music wow. is my 
That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Hey, man, you got a couple questions that came in. Uh Um, (laughs) The first question says, was Reggie at the Mecca in 94 when the Pac situation happened? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 94. Yeah, but I wasn't there. No, it wasn't the Mecca. It was uh, the Eagles Club. Okay. I, I think it was the Eagles Club. Okay, now check this out. Here's my Tupac story. I got all these cassette tapes in front of me. It's a room full of cassette tapes. All right. In 1991, in November 91, I was on the radio in Chicago. And my boss, who was taking Portuguese lessons, came in the studio. His name is James Alexander. He said, hey. There's two guys down here. They want to be interviewed. One guy from a group, Digital Underground, and the other guy is an actor, Khalil Kane and Tupac Shakur or something. <laughs> he's reading. And he said, should I let him up or just get rid of him? I said, no, let him up. Let him up. Let him up. So he let him up. And it was Tupac and Khalil Kane from the movie Juice. They were in town to promote the movie. It was just them two. And they didn't have an appointment. They just want to come to Chicago to promote the movie. So they did. So we got on the air and we talked and we talked and we talked. And we ordered food from this spot called Bennigan's. And um, we just talked. So Tupac told me, he said, if I ever can do anything for you in the long run, man, let me know I'm down. So when Tupac came to town, I was in Milwaukee. V100 was going up against a station called Hot 102 back in the day. Mm -hmm. And Tupac wouldn't do no interviews at all. So my girl, Dina, shout out to my girl, she's in Germany now. But Dina, she was the manager at the hotel. She said, Tupac's at this hotel. I told her that story. I said, can you put me through to the room? So she put me through the room. His manager answered the phone. And I said, look, my real name is Reggie Brown. I was in Chicago as Jam and Dave. I interviewed Tupac and Khalil Kane. And Tupac said, if I ever need a favor, uh, he would do it for me. The guy covered up the phone. He said, hold on. Get out the phone. I did an interview with Tupac. Mm-hmm. Hot 102 was so mad, they stopped playing his music for a week. But I got that interview. And my boss was like, how did you get an interview with Tupac? I said, I had to pull some cards. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh that was that was crazy. That was my Tupac story. I don't think I was. I, I'm not sure if I was here. That might have been the first time he was here because I was in. I got to Chicago in June. No, my first day was July 1st after the Fourth of July, '94 in Chicago. When I got back to Chicago, because I know Pocket came here twice. That must have been the big fight in Chicago where he uh got into it. Scarface tells this story real good because Scarface was here and he got a, some drama with some uh, some people here. That was that situation. But wow. yeah, man, <laughs> I got to find it. That interview was on one of these cassettes somewhere. Oh, yeah. On one of these cassettes. I got a bunch of cassettes. I got a bag of cassettes in here, <laughs> man. It's crazy. But nah, yeah. Every time that. every year I post that story, Khalil Kane, he was the first guy that got killed in Juice. Um, he would comment or like the picture because I always tag him. All the- <laughs> yeah, wow. Rest in I'm, peace to pop. 
Yes, sir. Hey, I'm interested. We got maybe two more, two more questions, and we'll let you go. Um, this also came through the thread from the same guy, Ray Ray, who's uh, also one of one of our, our partners. That's right. He says, "Who, in Reggie's opinion, was a better DJ? Mike Love, Wolf D, DJ Blade, Reggie Brown, or Tony Neal?" <laughs> How do you answer that question? Right. That's a that's a tough one because. Uh, me, I didn't care about DJing. I just wanted to play the hits. I would play the hits. Playing the hits made me look good. So <laughs> I would play the hits. Uh, I really, really like um, Mike Love, which is Fresh Chi. And I really like Doc B. Uh, Tony Neal got one heck of a, a, a record collection. And he goes to different genres, too. But you say a better DJ, man, right now... Um, my favorite DJ right now is DJ O, hands down out of everybody. DJ O. But I like Mike Love, which is Fresh G. No, yeah. no, no. Now, my favorite overall now is DJ Jazzy Jeff. Don't play. That's yeah. my dude. That's, that's the second time his name came up. <laughs> yeah, man. That's my dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I got a you question for you, too. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, Jakari Jordan asked, um, what are what are some types of things uh, you do to stay productive on a daily basis when you don't have any work? I guess in COVID nineteen, <laughs> right? Yeah, Call of Duty, my drum machine, my uh, keyboard. It what man? Don't play now. Don't play. Don't play. Don't play. Don't play. You know what? You know, you know what? I am fortunate. I am fortunate to be uh to be friends with uh James Alexander. And um, if you don't know who James Alexander is, his son is Jazzy Faye. James Alexander was in the group The Barcades. Um, when Otis Redding got killed, he died in a plane crash, leaving Madison, Wisconsin, headed to Chicago. Yep, yep. Uh, James Alexander had to view the body because his wife, Otis's wife, couldn't do it. So I asked James uh, uh, about a year or so ago, that song Otis by Kanye and... Um, and Jay-Z, I said, are you getting paid from that record? He said, yeah, man, you know it. You know it, because he played the bass on that song. Wow. So uh, so he still get royalties from that song. But um, I tell James all the time, I was a member of the Barcades <laughs> in my room growing up. <laughs> I was I was in all those groups back in the day, brother, all of them in my room. My horn, I was in Cool in the Gang. I played bass with Cool in the Gang. I was all, <laughs> man. <Yeah. laughs> I was cool, too. Yeah. That was my name, cool, too. Cool, too. Yeah, yeah I played bass. All of that in my room, man. It was crazy. Oh, man. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> just keep busy. I just keep busy with stuff. You know, I got family I go see. Uh, I'm playing video games. Well, the only game I play is Call of Duty. And they send me all the games free. They send me They send me Madden. They send me the... Uh, what's this game I got up here? Uh, the baseball game that just came out. They send me all of that free. But they don't send me Call of Duty. Fortnite? You got Fortnite? Yeah. What is it? You got Fortnite? Of course I got Fortnite. My son, my grandson, he's three. He loves that game, man. I don't he nothing. loves that game. I just ask. I don't, I don't even play video games. I don't even, I don't even know anything about video games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play it, though. I don't play yeah, it. Yeah. All I play is all the dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm a gun enthused. I got one 
heck of a collection. Never mind, we won't go there. But anyway, <laughs> run up on them if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Ooh, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I can tell y'all story. Oh, I can tell you story. <laughs> no man, but um, before we wrap up, man, this one question I've been asking, uh, you know, the guests that, that have came on this past week. Um, you know, God forbid anything were to happen to you soon or, you know, tomorrow, tonight, whatever. What do you want to be remembered for when you leave this earth? What would you want to be remembered for? Man, a guy that want to see the next generation, the next generation and the next generation excel no matter what. Um, that's why I always go to schools. Anything that Milwaukee public schools want me to do, I'll do it for free. I don't charge them. If they want me to host something or do anything, I won't charge because back in the day that put me on top. When I got to New York, they tried to teach me the same thing I learned in my two years at Marshall. And um, I was blessed to be in advance, you know, as a freshman in college because of Marshall. And Marshall put me in this spot right here where I am. And uh, I thank God for them. Marshall got me a job working in film. You know, uh, Mr. Jim Morrow, rest in peace. Mr. Paul Moynihan, those guys put me through school. Uh, I was learning on the go. Uh, and that's working in film. Uh, when I came home from school, I was working a full-time film production job. I was working on Hot 102 and in the club, but the majority of my money was from film. And um, um, kids today just need some guidance. And I would talk to any kids. I love the kids, man. They are the future of this world. That's why I would do any school for free. I never charge to go into the schools just for me to be able to talk to these kids. And the people that are underpaid the most teachers. Mm-hmm. Our teachers should be getting paid like these basketballers, these professional football players and all of that because the teachers are you know, a massage in the brains of our kids, you know. Parents are too, right. but um, I can still remember I, I'm not even sure if these teachers will remember my name, but I remember them from back in the day. And uh, I just want to be, you know, uh, a teacher to some of these kids and be able to teach them anything they want. I always let the kids come to the studio, do tours, all of that. If I'm, if I'm okay, uh, if I'm free that day, I let the kids come and sit down and do what I do. That's how it is. My guy, DJ Cheerio, look at him now. He used to come sit in the studio with me. I'm going to do this one day. Now, this guy is doing some of everything. So, mm-hmm. um, man. And when it wow. comes to music, if I like your song, if I love it, I'm going to be behind you. I'm going to be behind you. And uh, I'm gonna show you the right way to go. Um, uh, you I, you got my support. I want the. I just want to shout out at the Grammys. That's all I want. You know, shout out to Reggie Brown. He put me on. If I can get that, I'm good. Yes, sir. Good man. Yes, <laughs> man. That says a lot, man. And that's that's something awesome to be remembered by. Um, like yeah. you said, man. Our, our children, they, they are the future, man. And yeah. um, as cliche as it is, you know, it's it's awesome that you'll go back and kind of give back to our youth. So, you know, that's what that's what keeps your legacy alive. So, shout yeah. out to you for um, you know, for, for your heart to um give back. You know, that's 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 not something that everybody has a heart to do. So, appreciate oh, yeah. you for that. And not only that, man. Um, 
you know, I want to personally thank you for the support that you've shown me throughout the years, uh, me and my son, um, um, Bailey Coleman, uh, Melvin Hood, the whole V100 family. Um, there's been times, man, where I, when I'm not in town and, you know, people say, I heard your song on the radio. You wouldn't even tell me that it, it would be played, especially, you know, during the Christmas time, man, that joint was, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, so I, I don't forget that and I don't take it lightly because I understand how challenging and difficult it is to even be in that position. So um, I just, I thank you, man, for being who you are, you know, always being genuine. Every time I see you, you're the same way. And um, you still answer my calls and uh, I appreciate it, bro. I really do. That means the world. Good, man. You said we was going to be on 30 minutes. I'm hungry. You didn't send no chicken wings no way, man. I ain't got no Tahitian tree. I know y'all heard my stomach growl. <laughs> it's all good, man. What I like about you is uh, you're consistent and you're professional. I get some stuff now, some raggedy stuff. I get raggedy. Hey, Reg, I just made this, man. What do you think? Dude, you use somebody else's beat. You cuss and it sounds muddy. But you're clean, you're professional, and it's hard to find guys like you. I think they're learning these days. But um, um, uh, And you got good music, too. Your song, you can sing. You can sing. Sure. So me and Mark... Mark Harris, my barber, who I'm, who I'm starving for, uh, but uh, and we we talk about you too when we when we in the chair, man. You one of his favorites too, man. So that's what's up. That's my brother, man. Both of y'all appreciate it, man. I say uh, we do an album together, man. I play that tambourine, man. You can get some of that tambourine. I got maracas. You got, I got all, all of that. that. <laughs> I'm never gonna play with the bands back in the day. I so. know what you got. Uh, this one finger right here, though. This one finger. <laughs> Whoa, man! That's what's up, man. Well, we we're not gonna hold you, hold you up anymore, man. Thank you for your time and um, you know just lending us your your wisdom, expertise, experience, man, on this platform. I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed you as much as we have. And um, you know this podcast is pretty new for us, but we're definitely growing it. So um, when it's uploaded, we are on Apple Music and you know a lot of different other platforms as well. So I'll make sure I get it to you. But again, thank Congratulations you, Congratulations on this. Again, y'all, both of y'all, man, this is wonderful. Y'all getting the industry vets in here doing stuff. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate, Thank it. you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Well, James, we done did it again, brother. We done did it again. Yes, sir. <laughs> Another one bites man. the dust. Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for all the work that you do behind the scenes, man, because I, I definitely couldn't do it without you, man. That's my tech guy, my my, my co-host, my right-hand man, uh, the CMO of MJB Music. Yeah. We're doing some big things, you all, so yeah. make sure you stay uh, stay tuned to what's going on with us and um, continue to share, continue to like, and uh, just support this platform. Uh, subscribe. You know The numbers are going up. We appreciate it. We see you. The engagement is going up, and that's what it's all about. We want to help each other because God created us to need one another, so we're just here to be a blessing man so we thank you all for um just tuning in tonight and every night we appreciate you and uh tomorrow man we got a special guest we, we're gonna be talking to a makeup artist by the name of uh keisha roper yeah <laughs> if you all don't know keisha roper you're in for a treat she's not only a beast at what she does but personality wise yeah. uh, she will light up a room yeah. and tell me just like her husband see no so yeah um <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a fun show tomorrow but again uh jb if you want to take us out man we that's all we got for tonight that's all we got we out y'all thank you again for tuning in uh, be 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 sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same bat channel, same time. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> we out. <laughs> Alla.